sexy nerds in the nerd imperium welcome to this week's episode of the currently nerdy podcast we are your inner conclave of nerd my name is diz and i'm your pop culture and sports nerd ali i am ali your classic nerd and i'm very excited to introduce our new guest weiss hi uh i guess am i the temp nerd i think i'm the yeah, temp, right i like that to the temp nerd <laughs> that's a good How are you, weiss now weiss is a veteran of of podcasts we should say because he's also uh, the host or the co-host, regular co-host of the Samoan Networks podcast. Yes. Uh, so for those those audience of ours that have kind of overlap, you've probably heard of Weiss before. Um, and if you haven't, then you should be subscribed to the Samoan Networks podcast uh, and listening in. They've just released a really fantastic episode uh, on queer identities and the uh, LGBTQ community. In the Afghan community, so like a, a conversation about a marginal experience within an already marginal community. So definitely go uh, check them out. So we're very excited to, uh, to have you here, Weiss. Um, welcome to Currently Nerdy. You've listened to us, and now you're in the hot seat. How does it feel? Honestly, and I was actually telling you this before, it's, uh, it's only intimidating because... The podcasts that I seem to be gravitating to, towards lately have been these very intense, uh, sincere conversations about very, uh, you know, the gravity of the conversations, very yeah. heavy. Uh, and then all of a sudden, I'm I'm asked to be part of this to talk about nerd culture kind of stuff. And I'm even though this is something that I'm naturally, this is how I normally talk. The, the fact that I'm asked to be acting naturally is making me sweat. <laughs> it's, that's the sort of weird irony right it's like when people are like all right just act like yourself like wait a minute what does that mean uh, <laughs> yeah how do i normally act what do i say that I, I totally feel you there whereas like if you're asked to like talk about something far more formal there's the, the there's some element of like but structure does help you're like okay good i i know what i'm gonna say it's intimidating but i got this but when you're asked to just be yourself it's like holy crap what is that yeah. the existential crisis strikes who am i and also, what if what if I'm boring? <laughs> what if we were? What if it's the big reveal is that myself is not interesting? That's the well, true threat in a in a podcast, right? Like, what if this is just? What if we're, what if I'm not funny? What if I'm not interesting? I think someone once accused a podcast guest of that. I forgot which podcast it was. Like, he's like, I never released that stuff because it had the ultimate sin of being boring. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, that's ruthless. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. Well, luckily for you, you don't have like that big of shoes to follow. You're just Omar was the last guest host. <laughs> it's so mean. He was literally our last guest. And you're already Marty's shitting on him, bro. And now he's he's not even here to defend himself. Good. Just how I like it. So you know what's weird, Weiss? For me, it's the opposite. So I'm so used to doing this podcast that when I'm asked to be on like uh, the Samora Network panels or podcasts, it's hard for me to not automatically try to do currently nerdy dis and try to be like educated this and i'm putting air quotes and uh in front of educated um because we all know that i'm an idiot um so it's it's tough to try to shake that and not tell jokes in moments like where it's supposed to be serious like we'll be talking about like religion and shit and all of a sudden i'm cracking a joke about how i masturbate and i'm gonna go to hell for it Jesus. Well, you and I actually fell victim to that because we were asked to do the intro to the COVID conversation, oh, which was man. like a very serious conversation <laughs> about like sincere life or death situations. And you and I ended up talking about wrestling. 
Yes, right? Like, <laughs> leave it to me, right? <laughs> to be on the podcast. We So um, Ali, myself, and V were guests on a podcast a few years back called The Geek Offensive. Mm. And that whole podcast is just me talking about wrestling, right? Yep. It was like an hour and a half conversation with like an, another group of podcasters. And somehow I brought it to just we're talking about wrestling like 80% of the time. It was amazing. Yeah. It was so, a lot of wrestling. So yeah. It seems like there's a common denominator in all of this. <laughs> yeah, me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. I, I now I you and Weiss have known each other for a, a lot longer than I am. Me and Weiss no, have known each I other. met him the same time you did. Wait, really? Yeah, AAC UCLA. I could. I thought you guys knew each other much longer. No, I'm just we just assuming familiarity then at this point. We so I think what you had know, happened. Weiss, I assume because you seem to know everybody. That's the problem. Who me or Weiss? You. Oh, yeah, true. So I've heard of Weiss, right, prior to, to that UCLA AAC, right, which was, what, 2015? Yeah. Oh, wow, has it been released? Uh, was it 2015? No, 20, no, I think 2016. 2016. Yeah, okay. 2016. Yeah, yeah. So I had heard of Weiss and I had seen him because I remember seeing his, his Facebook picture, which was him and his wife at his wedding, and he was, like, putting, like, finger glasses on himself or something in that, that Facebook profile photo, right? Yes, yes, you're right. Yeah. Damn. So. Um, memory there. I remember seeing that, and I was like, I was like, this. Look at this goofball, right? <laughs> like, Who's not like a clown? bad way. <laughs> like, I was like this guy, you know, like this guy gets it. He's taking funny photos at his wedding, <laughs> you know. Like, um, so I'd seen him, and he was friends with a few of like my friends. Um, so I'd I'd seen his posts and seen like and heard of him, but I had never met him. And then at UCLA, I think we were paired off in like some icebreaker group, and I don't know if. Like it was you and I leading it, or it was you leading it, and like I don't know, it was something like that. We were in the same icebreaker group, and we just clicked. Yeah, no, I I I think to that point, I think prior to that, I mean, when you're in, I guess when you're in Southern California, like if you're an Afghan within that community, you either there's what maybe two or three degrees of separation, if anything yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, no, when we just we just gelled, and and since then it's just been. Even though we, even though you and I publicly are the most hostile people to each other, yeah, we're almost as bad as me and Omar. <laughs> I think that, that's a, that's just a sign that Diz likes you. Is when it's true open, when he's openly hostile towards you. Although, yeah, although the best, the best part was, I think it was at one of these Afghan American conference Facebook pages. Uh, he did that openly hostile thing on on my like intro, and and people came to defend me. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> That's right. It was New York. You posted something on your intro, and I booed you. <laughs> you booed him. Oh my! He booed I put me. a boo gif. I put Meryl Streep booing him, <laughs> and and like people got mad. They're like, "This isn't the place for this." And I'm like, "No, we're friends. <laughs> like, this, this isn't us going at it with each other. Like we're actually friends." Um, but for the record, Weiss is not my lawyer. I have to say that on air. Oh, every time <laughs> every time i it's an ethical obligation for me to constantly remind you that i am not your lawyer <laughs> yeah well i am now reminding the audience that weiss is not my lawyer right, he will not good. he does not represent me that is and, on uh, record <laughs> and what we what, what we say on this podcast is not a representation of weiss it might be a representation of me and ali but it's not a representation it's not of a representation weiss. of me either oh okay. yeah well, no, oh yeah and don't I, let anything <laughs> Don't let anything here. Uh, none of this is legal advice, so please uh, do not do not claim that I am your lawyer. Anybody who is listening. Speaking Bro. of which, uh, I, I have to confess that one of the few I'm, I, I am notoriously prejudiced 
towards whole occupations. Like, just just an entire field I've decided to hate on. Doctors, mm. right? Like, just, I think they're all jumped up bone saws, right? Like, I can't stand the profession. Lawyers in general, same thing. You're one of the few lawyers I actually like, so that's, a, that's always a good sign of a, of, a, of a person that they can transcend the bigoted representation of their entire field. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm guessing it's probably because no one makes as many lawyer jokes at lawyers' expenses than I do. <laughs> yes, yes. I feel that uh, from me is like, all right, I like this guy. Yeah, you, you cracked one in our, uh, our TSN Slack earlier today, which was perfect. The imagine a world without lawyers meme. That was great. Um, but yeah, listen, I don't want anyone like coming at you and then trying to sue you for legal advice after. <laughs> there's a, like we have to preface that, right? Because I don't know, man. I don't trust these people on the internet, right? They're gonna come up with some like weird theory that oh, Weiss was on the Currently Nerdy podcast and he told me that I have to eat this sandwich, and if I don't eat this sandwich, then I'm gonna go to jail. So, so we I'm should uh, introduce Weiss as the secret representative of the Illuminati here to discuss. <laughs> no, 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 don't do that either, bro. <laughs> There's someone who's gonna genuinely believe it, right? Poor Weiss's social media is gonna be flooded with like, I know what you did. Bro, I'm telling you, like, so I don't know how active you guys are on Instagram and Twitter and stuff. Ali, I know you're active on Twitter. I don't know how yeah. active you are on Instagram. Very rarely, like maybe once a month. Um, Weiss, are you active on Instagram? Uh, not really, I, especially not like public Instagram. Maybe my own friend groups a little bit, but not mm -hmm. so much, be, not the extended universe of Instagram. Okay. And I'm assuming YouTube boomers aren't on TikTok either. No, no, no. Couldn't pay me to be on TikTok. I'm sorry. If a TikTok is good enough, it will show up on Twitter. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Fair. Exactly fair. Right. I I love that I called like Weiss a boomer when he's literally only a year older than me. Um, but <laughs> I mean, boomer is an aesthetic, and I I accept it. Fair enough. Um. So over the weekend, right? Uh, I was I was on Instagram and TikTok, like the deviant that I am, and. I was seeing this thing, right? Like, it, it got a lot of traction. Like, so on my For You page, I saw, like, five videos pertaining to uh, Wayfair. You guys know what Wayfair is? Yes, I have ordered from Wayfair. I think I've gotten a chair from them once. Okay. So they're, they're a furniture company, right? Yeah. Um, so a lot Only of our time I've ordered furniture online, I should say. Oh, yeah. Because you, you got you to test out furniture. Yeah, really. true. You know, because, like, how do you know you're in LA? I or Although I did order my bed without trying it out and i just assumed it was good and it ended up being a fine bed um but anyways so i i saw like all these videos about wayfair and it confused me at first I was like what the fuck why are people talking about fucking industrial cabinets for like are they trying to like complain that these cabinets are too expensive or some shit no all right you turn the fucking volume up on those tiktoks and they're talking about how wayfair is trafficking children in these cabinets right so Jesus. yeah, apparently this has been like on the Reddit conspiracy channels for like a month now. Right. But on July 9th, it popped off on, I don't know how it popped off again, but it popped off and people were like, what they were doing is they were looking up like a Wayfair industrial cabinet that had the name like the Debbie or some shit. Right. And it was like $15,000 and one left. And then he looked up the name Debbie, and there was a missing child with that name. 
So they were saying that Wayfair was selling, like, or trafficking missing children in disguise by putting their names on these cabinets. This thing went super viral, too. Yeah. I have friends, like, close friends, and my sister-in-law even posted about this. Right? Like, she made, like, and she's got, like, 15, 20,000 followers on Instagram. And, like, she posted this, like, on her Instagram story. And it, like, confused the hell out of me. So I looked into it. And another thing was, like, they were saying that the, um, the stock knowledge unit or the stock, whatever the, whatever the thing, the SKU stands for, right? Mm-hmm. They were saying if you typed in the SKU of those products on Yandex, which is a Russian, like, search engine that's used in the dark web, right? you'll find pictures of these, like, these people, right? And, you know, like, you did. If you looked, if you looked up these random numbers on Yandex, you'd find pictures of people. Yeah. And so they went on this mission trying to say that Wayfair was, like, trafficking children. Turns out, I mean, obviously, like, Wayfair's a multi-billion dollar company. You think they're going to fucking traffic children in a way that everyone could fucking find it like let's let's be real let's give them a little bit more credit than that all right like if they're gonna fucking traffic children they'll do it in a better way than to fucking you know like make a a random name you mean you don't traffic children by sending them through ups no right yeah it's (laughs) your ups driver it's like isn't dropping off i mean let's not make light of human traffic but still like there's like a bizarre moment of going like like really you think you're, you're a local ups driver (laughs) <laughs> living in Orange County, just picking up boxes of kids and dropping them off at like what Beverly Hills, like that's yeah. that's his daily job, right? And it's like so. All right, turns out if you typed up any random number on Yandex, it would put a picture of somebody. Yeah, yeah right. I figured that that's exactly what it was. And, and Yandex admitted to that that there was a flaw in their system that if you just typed in a bunch of random numbers, that it would bring up a picture, right? Wayfair. I like the I like the idea that their defense is that you type anything on their website, you get traffic children. <laughs> that's that's right. not exactly a good defense. That's so true. Like, no, they didn't like, say it was like pictures of like. Tr- in our defense, yeah. everything yeah. leads to children. It's like, hold yeah. on, wait a minute here. Hold but on. it wasn't just children. There was there was like it was adults and stuff too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. one of the people that they claimed right that was a missing child that was being trafficked was actually someone who, when she was a teenager. You know, her family put out, like, a missing thing for yes. her. Uh, this one I saw, yeah. But, oh, like, yeah. and I think she was abducted, right? So she, she was abducted when she was a teenager, but luckily she got out of that situation and she survived it. Seeing all that shit, like, was very triggering for her. Like, imagine your face being blasted online yeah. talking about trafficking and that you're being trafficked again after you've been a victim of trafficking, Right. Like, yeah. that's the thing that these people don't get. Like, you're messing with actual people's lives here, right? Like, you have this far-fetched idea in your head. So, yeah. I, I think this, stir, like, this kind of, like, ties in with Pizzagate, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because for those of you who don't know about Pizzagate, we did a podcast about it, like, four years back. Go back and find that episode and listen to it. But Pizzagate started back in 2016, and it was when WikiLeaks hacked into David Podesta's emails, right? And Podesta worked with the Clinton campaign, right? Um, and, like, there was, like, a, a message to some lady where she's, it was like they were, they were going to purchase a house and she's like, hey, you left your handkerchief here. Mm-hmm. Also, I found like this map that has like something to do with pizza. Is this yours? Mm-hmm. Right. 
and he just responded oh no that's that's nothing don't worry about it mm-hmm. and like oh can you grab my handkerchief right yeah they turned that into well you know what Podesta is friends with this guy who owns Comet Ping Pong Pizza and in DC and that guy has ties to the Democrats they have an underground sex ring pizza means girl hot dog means and boy they were well, I remember seeing the email where like apparently like the Obama administration had shipped in Chicago Pizza and Dogs yeah right? uh for their staffers yeah. and they had interpreted that as like a secret order for children and you're just like holy Christ like bro Literally, or it could just be pizza and hot dogs from yeah. Chicago, which Chicago is famous for. Yeah, so supposedly, like, ranch equals, like, orgy or, or something, and oh, cheese equals Oh, there was, like a, there was, like, a Rosetta Stone for this? There's yeah, a, they, apparently a Rosetta Stone for I they, love that. So, so here's the, the background from it, all right? So, in, in 4chan, right, yeah. they used to call... You know, and this is a trigger warning. I, 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 we should have prefaced it. We'll put that in the title of the podcast. Yeah. You know, um, and again, another trigger warning now. Um, but in 4chan, what they used to do was when they would try to like send child pornography on there, they would call it cheese pizza because oh, CP God. child pornography cheese pizza. It, it was like the initial. I didn't know that. That's yeah. gross. So that's, that's where it so started gross. from, right? The 4chaners were sending like, like, um, like underage porn and stuff on there. And from that, they decided because, well, the 4chaners are using cheese pizza for child porn, then obviously the Clinton administration is using the same terms. Here's right? the thing that I, that I don't get. So, like, this is, this is where we're, like, there's a lot of crazy stuff out there, mm-hmm. right? And there's, pl- like, plenty of stuff to be like, all right, the world is fucked up. But you've got to ask yourself, like, does nobody pause for a single second and go, wait a minute? If there really is a child sex ring out there, are they really doing it in a pizza shop? Yeah. Like, you have these billionaires that you're accusing of being involved in this stuff, and you think that they're, they're doing it at Comet Pizza? Well, the, like, other, like, the, the other frustrating part for me is that while this is going on, like, there is an Epstein situation yeah, going. Right, so, like, exactly. there's a kernel of truth in that there, you know, there are forces out there of hyper wealthy individuals who are yeah. using their wealth to prey upon and and target particularly minors but just trafficking in general yeah. but it's like to miss the boat that epically and instead focus their attention and show up to that pizza place with like a gun i think someone yeah. did yeah someone yeah. did yeah. yeah this is this is what we were talking about wisely a few days ago right it's like they diagnosed it right like that yeah. the issue is real they just managed to kind of like because they threw everything at the wall they, right. they managed to get some of it right the problem is that by connecting the splatter they've just kind of mangled what good they could do from being like oh wait there really is child sex trafficking in this world there really are people who are you know uber wealthy i mean we, look you, you want to talk about the child's you know predation hollywood does have it right like it's it's not the way that people imagine like secret cabals of people but there are wealthy people i mean uh, brian singer allegedly has been accused of preying on very young men right and he holds these parties and it's been repeatedly revealed in the in the press and whatnot the dude but, who played kaiser sose what, what, right? what but then you, yeah, yeah you then you take that 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 kernel of truth that's like oh shit it really does exist there 
the Epstein's and the, and the, and what's going on in Hollywood. And then you connect it all and to create this vast conspiracy, this big cabal where everybody's involved. And then it becomes a, an abstract. You're fighting a sort of abstract battle and the victims are kind of lost in this conversation entirely. Because you could do good. You could, uh, you could raise awareness about what really is going on. You can get involved in uh, actual centers that help with stuff like this. You can donate to victim funds and whatnot. There's ways where you can, if you really want to be a so-called crusader against this stuff, you can get involved. But instead, you're out there putting, you know, hashtag, you know, Pizzagate, and you think that's, that's going to, you know, bring down this secret cabal of, of sex traffickers. And that and tarnish the bad name of, uh, or tarnish the name of of cheese pizza, as which as a Muslim, <laughs> that's that's like one of the few things we have. <laughs> no, it's Bro. the few sanctuaries we've had growing up, right? <laughs> there was a pizza party, like, oh, oh you know, please be, be cheese, <laughs> yeah, because you know that veggie stuff. Now that we're older, we'll eat the veggie pizza, but when we were younger, like, we yeah. didn't fuck with olives and mushrooms. That was disgusting. <laughs> so, and instead, instead, you you know, God forbid, it's it's pepperoni with these hyper aggressive white parents who are just like we're gonna make this brown kid eat this pepperoni pizza yeah, oh my god what was it i never understood the uh pepperoni and bacon evangelists uh, like right. you, you ever wonder like if they were exaggerating i they have to be there's no way pepperoni and bacon are remotely as good as people make it out to be so i do enjoy turkey pepperoni and turkey bacon I've never i'm not gonna lie I, I find them both very delicious. Yeah, but you can you can go without it. Like you don't need to aggressively insert it into something yeah, that maybe you shouldn't yeah, be no. there. You don't need to convert people to the faith of pepperoni and bacon. I, no, I, I, yeah. You know, it's funny I when I was a kid. When I was a kid, uh, I was at one of these like birthday pizza parties, and the parent was like, "Hey, you know, we're gonna order pizza. So is uh, pepperoni okay for everybody?" And I, I had to, and I was like 10 years old, be like, um, can we have one that isn't pepperoni? And they looked at me and they go, oh, okay, so you're a vegetarian? Well, not, I'm not a vegetarian. I just, <laughs> I just don't eat pork. And they looked at me with this complete and utter confusion of just, so what you're saying is you're a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't wrap their heads around the fact yeah. that you didn't partake of the sacred meats. Yeah. Bro, <laughs> listen, while we're on this subject, this I'm sorry, I, 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 I think this falls in, in line with what we're talking about, but it triggered a memory for me, all right? Oh, this, is, this should be good. Okay, and I'm sure you two have faced this memory too, and it should be triggering for you as well. When we were kids and the school ordered us pizza for pizza parties at school, right? And they had like the combo and the pepperoni and they only had like the one or two cheese and all the fucking non-Muslim kids went and ate all the cheese pizza yes. before the... <laughs> I f- but that's because cheese pizza is good. Right? Yeah. Well, you know what? Fuck you, Derek. Fuck you, Brian. <laughs> yeah, you, Fuck you, To Paul. have the opportunity to, to have the ability to eat the pepperoni but instead choose the cheese is, I think, violence. <laughs> Yeah, I just I just want to talk about the fact that Diz has been holding on to this for yeah. so long against Derek that now that he has a platform, he's letting Derek and Brian have it. I didn't even go to school with the Derek and Brian, but I couldn't think of any other white names, so <laughs> fuck them. <laughs> like, I did go to school with a Paul. Paul, fuck you if you're listening. <laughs> but like, 
Well, Hulk probably was the one vegetarian amongst them. No, he ate pork too, that son of a bitch, but he ate the cheese pizza instead. Oh, that's driving me mad. All right, let's bring this conversation back. <laughs> this, Yo, this clearly look, has invoked something really dark. Yeah. I, we, we, this we is did. very upset. I am. Yeah, no, I'm it's... like, it brought me back to those memories, and I'm thinking back to fourth grade in Mrs. Shaw's class and not being able to eat a slice of cheese pizza, and it's, I'm, I'm very hurt. I'm going to probably order a pizza after this. Something, something is clearly, something has gone wrong here. So let's, <laughs> let's, bring, let's bring this back. Diz, please get a therapist. I'm sorry. Uh, I, <laughs> I have one. <laughs> this is, this is not, this is not a therapy session but it is what fascinates me about this whole conversation about like is that you you have to there's a level of interpretation that's happening in these conspiracy theories that is grounded in no actual factual basis like you you know weiss you're right there is a part of them that gets something right right there is something nefarious out there but it takes a certain like interpretive and logical leap for you to go cheese pizza and hot dogs equals sex trafficking or child trafficking right like there's a level of jumping and that's where that's where the conspiracy theories get lost right it's like that jump for them is so obvious it's not obvious to the rest of the world so like when i'm at an argument with a with a pizza gator and they go well how do you not see it and i'm going how do you see it? And that's where you reach that impasse, right? Because it's an interpretive leap for them. It makes perfect sense. But for me, I'm going, yeah, that doesn't make sense. And when I say it doesn't make sense, I seem like I'm the one on the outside. Like yeah, I'm the, the one that's wrong. You're the crazy one. Yeah. That, because it's that, that, that leap, right? For them. No, it makes perfect sense. Cheese pizza. Of course. What else could it be? And I'm like, cheese pizza. <laughs> that, the, the, the most do. irritating thing is, especially when it comes to both the Wayfarer and the Pizzagate one, is like how easily they can get debunked, right? Where it's just like with Wayfair, yep. yeah. has anyone received a piece of furniture that was already fully <laughs> in one box, already right? accessory put together? Like, no, exactly. they, they come in separate boxes usually and like a million different packages. And Exactly. This is one of those things where you're like, all right, not only like the logic of it just doesn't make sense, right? Like this is a multi-billion dollar company if you really think that they're trafficking people on the internet. Right, like if a billionaire wanted to go and buy another human being, they're not logging on to Google, right? <laughs> well, I, I can't believe I just said logging on to Google like a billionaire. <laughs> <They're not> go- <laughs> I can't believe I said like I literally just going wow, I heard myself. They're not. You know, they they're haven't not turned on the Google machine. You <laughs> know, they're not going to the Google machine, or they're not going. Hey Siri, go to Wave. Like that's not how. <laughs> that's not what's happening here, right? But also, like, these people from just a logistic point of view have clearly never ordered anything from Wayfair, who sends it, like, 600 boxes through UPS. It's like, that's not how this works. And, and, and part of me goes, why aren't you getting that? Why can't you understand it? And that's when I realized, too, that at the end of the day, it's not about whatever topic they believe in, right? They're not a crusader against child trafficking. They're not a crusader against whatever conspiracy theory they believe in. at the end of the day it's about making themselves feel good i think i think that's why mm. or maybe i could be wrong here like one of the reasons why people hold so tenaciously to conspiracy theories that they like solved some kind of puzzle <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. that there's like a amateur like you guys remember um after the boston bombing how like reddit went on this like we're gonna play fbi 
Oh yeah, and you guys made you guys made me dots. play devil's advocate for that podcast that we did yeah, episode they four. Connected all the dots, and then like they ended up with the wrong suspect. Yeah, and they yeah, just some guy person's... who was at the race. <laughs> yeah, and they ended up like hounding that person's family and stuff. It's I think it's the sense of like we know more than the professionals or the experts or the actual detectives. We've solved something, so I think that plays a role in like why people actually believe. In conspiracy theories, what do you guys think? Why do you think people believe in conspiracy theories? Why do they hold and why do they hold so tenaciously to it? Why? So you want to take this? Yeah, I mean, I I think that that's a big part of it. I think that people want to feel like they're in a movie, right, where they're yeah. uncovering. And I think just because we have so much exposure to that sort of thing in movies, that people want to play cop or play detective. Mm. I think I also think that I, maybe not for uh, Wayfair specifically, but for Pizzagate and QAnon, I feel yeah, like yeah. people secretly hope that there is some sort of big cabal conspiracy, uh, basically predetermining our path. In a weird way, I feel like that may be giving them some sort of comfort of knowing that there is a system in place versus just everybody is acting out of their own self-interest, especially when it comes to politics and things like that, where yeah. everyone's just, every politician's really just out for their own survival to get reelected. That there is not a clear uh, deep state ideology, but rather just everyone's just sort of acting in their, what they've determined to be their interest based off of experts that they, or, and consultants that they've paid that, is totally just taking them through the ringer and charging them a million dollars just to tell them something that they're probably pulling yeah. out of their butts too. Yeah, yeah. I think this is this is really true. Conspiracy theories are uh, the astrology of the internet. Yeah. Right? It's a way of making sense of a world of chaos. And I don't mean this to disparage people who believe in astrology in any way, shape, or form. There's a long history there. I'm a historian of science. I talk about astrology a lot. But both have very similar impulses in that there's a sense that the world around you is chaotic and things happen. People die, people get hurt, people get injured, horrible things happen. And in particularly uncertain times, right, where things really are kind of wild, you turn to some type of ordering system, a schema that helps you go, all right, things may look crazy on the surface, but because I have this secret knowledge, I know that there's a plan there. There's a design there. There's something that makes sense. And it, it feels good. There is a sort of uh, way in which it helps to kind of stabilize your reality. But it's also, a, I think it's a self-affirming thing, which is why people hold on to it so tenaciously. It's like a, I'm part of the inner circle. I know what's really going on. All you other people are sheep. Well, I, I am the woke one. See, I agree with that to an extent too, right? I think I think that's part of it, right? And I think Weiss has a part of it. I think I think it's it's multi pronged, right? Mm -hmm. Why people believe in conspiracy theories. Like one, they wanna they wanna believe like there there is something bigger out there. Two, they wanna feel smarter than the rest of the people. And then three, right, this isn't what they want. It's because um we have so much information in front of us, right? Like yeah. you've brought up that book Info Glut by Mark oh, yeah. Andrajovic. Yeah. Did I say his name right? Yeah, yeah. Um, like you've brought that up multiple times on this podcast. And that's what it is, right? We we have like almost unlimited access to 
all the world's knowledge in our pocket, right? So because there's so much information out there and people, people are, are, I feel like people are reading more articles, but reading less books. And like people think they're more edged, like there's more students in college, but there's less people that are actually educated than there was before. Yeah. And, and this has to do with it is like, we're, we're finding things that like, we're like, okay, yeah, well, I read that. So now like it has to be true. I, I found this piece of information on the internet. Karen told me about it and now I found it on the internet. So it has to be true. So like, yeah. I think it's, it's because we have so much information that that also plays a part of why people believe all this shit. It's like, Oh yeah, totally. In dial up days, bro, ain't nobody fucking. How many anti vaxxers were, were there in 1996? Well, here's the thing I don't think things have gotten worse. I think those people have always existed, but I think social media has allowed it to either go mainstream or go viral more and for these people to connect up. Right? Whereas, like previously, if you were in a French conspiracy theory, you had to find your people. And that took time. Right? Maybe you got together in a basement somewhere. But now you can all link up on Reddit or Twitter or whatever it is. And I think you, you, you hit something really important there. People are reading more. And you're right, but they're reading the headlines. They're mm-hmm. not reading the article, right? And that speaks to what Mark Androjevic's book, Infoglut, is all about. I think the Wayfair thing is a perfect example. of that. So one of the things that people could not get over, like they couldn't wrap their head, is why the hell did Wayfair's items have some of the names of actual people um, that were missing? Right? Like, it has to be, oh, that's a clear example that, that Wayfair is, is involved in this. And never mind the fact that, that more often than not, the names of those people were way before they even went missing. So unless Wayfair is also a time traveler, I shouldn't have said that. Now there's people who are going to talk about Wayfair as a time traveler. Great. <laughs> but the thing that they don't quite understand is the way that the internet works. And that Mark Androjevic's book, Infoglot, says that the thing that the internet has done is we've gone from most of world history being in what's called a scarcity of knowledge. We historians have to deal with this a lot. When we recreate the past, we're literally working with fragments, right? Take, a, take everything from the 15th century. Of everything from the 15th century, only 10% gets preserved, right? Mm-hmm. Not everyone's diary is preserved. Not everyone's everyday activities are preserved. Just the elites. 10% of what they do gets preserved. Of that 10% that gets preserved, 1% is available to us in the present in order to recreate the other hundred ninety nine percent. So this is what that's how knowledge has existed for most of world history. We're looking at like minute fragments. The internet has reversed that trend. Now there's information about everything, anything that you can imagine. Someone's written something about, and in that instance, there's an info glut, meaning that you can find anything. We've entered into the stage of if you have a million chimpanzees writing on typewriters for a million years, they're eventually going to write the entirety of Shakespeare's plays, right? Mm. Just randomly, if that's how chaos works, eventually it'll get it right. That's what the internet does. Because the internet is going to randomly generate stuff, you're of course going to run across instances where your name is going to show up and other people's names are going to show up and random assortment of letters are going to show up. But people quite, haven't quite wrapped their head around this state of knowledge. And that's where I think we've run into this, this problem. And I see this with my students. Like, it's easy to make fun of, you know, boomers and, and, and pizza gang. Okay, that's a boomer conspiracy theory. But the Wayfair stuff was us. 
It was yeah, our yeah. generation. It's people like like our, us three or Gen Z. And I teach Gen Z. I'm not that much older to them, as I like to convince myself. Well, but, <laughs> shh. I know, like, I'm, I'm an older sibling. I couldn't be their father. But there's like the one thing that they all consist. And so like a lot of our cultural references are the same. Right, it's like they, they make they reference Beyonce. I get it. They reference a Vine or a TikTok. I get it. But the one like big difference that I don't that like separates us is conspiracy theories. They believe in a lot of conspiracy theories. Why? Because somebody on TikTok or somebody on Facebook said it, and so it must be true. Yeah. And did you me, going back? Did you know think of the concept of the Illuminati when you were in middle school or high school? Um, like. You're asking, you're asking the wrong people. Yeah. <laughs> you guys were both tinfoil hats. <laughs> no. So, so here's the thing, right? Because Ali read a lot. And one of the books he recommended to me when I was like in the ninth grade was um, Angels and Demons by Dan Brown. And in Angels and Demons, they bring up the Illuminati. It's a good book. Right? I mean, it's not, but it, it was at the time. Yeah, at the time. Back in like 2004, it was a good book, you know, or 2003, 2004 <laughs> is a good book. So that's, that's where I learned about the Illuminati, right? It was through Dan Brown. And then from that, I looked it up. And then like I, from, I had like, I was a conspiracy theorist in high school believing that Jesus didn't actually die, right? There was like, I was looking at things called the Jesus Papers and I was reading all this stuff about oh, the Holy Grail. Yeah, that was really popular thanks to the Da Vinci Code. And yeah. All that. Those were yeah. the conspiracies that I was looking up, historical conspiracies, right? Like, ooh, Jesus was still alive. They right. found a deed to a house that belonged to Jesus oh, that yeah. was 20 years. Line. Yeah, yeah, that was very popular. What's interesting, too, is like, again, that's a product of, of to a certain extent, the internet. That's actually a really old conspiracy theory that came out in the, in the 20th century. Um, and people, the, 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 the San Graal, uh, the Holy Grail conspiracy theory, it's actually old, but it got a new life thanks to the internet. Once Dan Brown and the internet became a thing, people were looking it up. And so the, the conspiracy theory kind of like woke up again. Now, the interesting thing is like you bring up the, the Illuminati. Like I never believed in the Illuminati uh, as the conspiracy theory, but I knew who they were historically. But what fascinated me was the way that the Illuminati was such a big conspiracy theory amongst like young yeah. afghan men right like do you, do you like do you remember like i don't know what what it was about the illuminati but afghan and muslim men in particular good god if you were at a party or any type of social gathering you knew there was a cluster of dudes hey man have you ever heard of the illuminati that shit's crazy <laughs> just like oh god here we go <laughs> so i i think i can explain why muslim and afghan men were so into conspiracy theories when we were like in high school and early college years it's because of 911 right 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 because we were bullied for 911 we didn't we wanted to believe that someone else did 911 and it wasn't like muslim terrorists that oh. did it oh my god remember did you guys watch loose change when you were a kid <laughs> Yes, I didn't. I missed out on that. Completely. Oh man, that one was a that one was a fun one. I mean, obviously, completely debunked, but very, yeah. very well edited <laughs> to make you really yeah. like. It tricked me for a little bit when I was younger, or not not a hundred percent, but like it did make me go, huh, <laughs> bro. It it legit like for for years I believed nine eleven was an inside job because of loose change. Then I found out who Alex Jones was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was he? Is he the one involved with Loose Change? I didn't even realize he's an he's an executive producer for Loose That's Change. So funny, yeah. Yeah. but it it does it, when these like older conspiracy theories also are a reminder to us as crazy as these people are, there should be some level of empathy of understanding that it's easy to be persuaded. 
Yeah. When you want to believe in something, right, you'll cling to anything. Right. And while I didn't believe in these conspiracy theories, seeing my friends do so, my friends were just as were smart, right? It's like they, they, this isn't like a, oh, you're stupid and you believe in that stuff. No, these were smart. It's really, it's, it's, speaks to the yearning that people have to know, right? Mm-hmm. Or to hold on to something that makes sense to them. So as much as I hate QAnon and Pizzagate and whatnot, I also kind of look at them and go, I understand. You're in a not good place. <laughs> the world is not in a good place. And you're not in a good place. And so, of course, you're going to hold on to these things. I'm, I'm going to fight it tooth and nail. But there's a part of me that, like, I, it totally gets it. I mean, in, I our defense, too- in our defense, though, Loose Change is, like, was a very compellingly edited and very long yeah. YouTube video. I feel like what's yeah. going on now is just like, it's now just being, what, 30 to 45 second TikTok videos or yeah. an Alex yeah. Jones clip or something like that. Like, I feel or, like... What, what's interesting is like, I think what we're entering into, the Middle East already has experienced. So I've talked about this, like, like nobody believes in conspiracy theories like Middle Easterners do, right? So not just Afghans. Like Middle Easterners love conspiracy theories. They it just, is true. Like, that's it's their bread and butter, and part of the reason for that is that Ahmad Zahir was killed. Yeah, like Ahmad Zahir was killed by the secret service and stuff. Like, he, was, like, he was killed by angry husbands of the wives that he slept yeah, with. Oh, oh, I remember politician that. Politician husbands, yeah, politician husbands. Right? Yes, that's what it was. <laughs> that's just random politician of the government killed it. All right, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a politician the, husband that was also a part of the CIA. <laughs> also part of the There you go. You got to hit all the bases when you get a good conspiracy theory. But I think part of the reason why Middle Easterners believed so are so willing to believe in conspiracy theories is the experience of colonialism with knowledge. Colonialism ended up destabilizing the institutions of knowledge that existed in the Middle East. So when the Ottoman Empire collapsed, for example, what stepped into the plate were uh, British officials who then would issue things like licensures. And this is one of the reasons why, you know, doctor, lawyer, and engineer was such a big thing growing up for us as immigrants, because that's, that's the colonial jobs. Those are the three jobs you can get to have social mobility in the colonial government, right? You could become a doctor, you could become a lawyer, and then engineer when the Russians showed up, right? So this was, this was the thing. It's like those official forms of knowledge became controlled or came under the control of colonial officials. The indigenous and local structures and institutions of knowledge, the madrasas, the ulema, the, this form of expertise was completely destabilized. And I think what the internet has done is create an analog to that in which official channels of information are more and more destabilized. There are no experts anymore. Right, Doctor, what's his name? Fauci goes yeah. up there. He's literally, you know, leading expert. He served ten presidents. Yeah, serves ten presidents, leading expert, and people are like, he's lying, right? And I'm all for being skeptical of expertise. I do think you should be able to talk back to expertise, but I also don't think that means we throw it completely out the window. If I go to the doctor and the doctor says, "Hey, you've got cancer." I might want to get a second opinion, but I'm also not going to be like, the doctor's lying. I refuse to believe that I've got cancer. It's all one big cover-up by Kaiser Permanente. Well, going back to the whole <laughs> kernel of truth thing, it's especially when it comes to news, right? Where it's yeah. like, look, is, is most news sources owned by a billionaire and yep. you know is it's been corporatized and turned into a capitalist business 
Is that true? Yes. And does that play a factor and a role in how news is presented to us? Absolutely. But then to take that leap of logic from that point to then go, that's why I only exclusively listen to like an InfoWars type <laughs> source. Where it's just like, you, you, you were so close. You, you were there. You were at the finish line. <laughs> and then instead you just turned around and jumped off the cliff. <laughs> exactly, right? That's exactly right. It's like there's like, they, they get there. It's right on the line. And then they completely make that interpretive leap. And that's when they get lost. And and it's true right like same thing like in in my example of not trusting doctors right right yeah there is a real conversation to be had about over medication about the role of big pharma the way in which uh, our medicare our healthcare system uh, people are numbers not individuals the misdiagnosis that happens with people like minorities right people, black women in particular all those are legit conversations but then to completely jump Make that interpretive leap, and that's what's happening, right? Whether it's with the COVID situation, Dr. Fauci is lying. Whether it's with this Wayfair situation or the pizza comp, or P what is it, pizza comet, pizza, pizza comet, whatever, ping pong pizza comet, pizza. Go. I mixed all the words together. Like whatever the case, you're making that interpretive leap. Now the reality is, as you rightly point out, there is some kernel of truth there, and there's also conspiracy theories that end up turning out to be true, right? It was true that Martin Luther King Jr. was under surveillance by the FBI, that they had him fucking recorded for years, right? People are like, oh, that's just a conspiracy. Nope. They genuinely had whole files on this guy. We also do know, for example, things like Operation Mockingbird is a real program by the CIA aimed at influencing public opinion. That they would allegedly leak certain things to trusted journalists in order to get information uh, in the right places, in order to sway public opinion. They even funded various cultural projects, like genuinely went into schools and put money into these various programs and whatnot mm -hmm. in order to undermine certain political ideologies and movements uh, and whatnot. Even some of the ideologies that, that, that today we kind of take for granted have some connection so the operation mockingbird was real now you can jump to the interpretive leap and go oh the ca is controlling all of our minds and all media can't be trusted that's when you lose the plot right MK Ultra, bro. that's the issue who who what was that whisper mk ultra bro mk ultra right i mean they like it's true they did fucking dose people with lsd yeah, <laughs> That's or 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 the or what role the CIA had in, uh, or at least the U.S. government had in terms of drugs coming in from from yep. the you know the, the what was it the Dark Alliance Narcos. thing? And oh yeah, like there's oh, yeah. there is there are things to there there is something there, but to your point, yeah. where where the conclusion ends up going ends up lose yeah. missing the point. <laughs> Yeah, and I think this is where the internet exacerbates that, right? I think the internet, because it's grounded in a particular framework and premise in which uh, sensationalism trumps content always, right? Uh, virality trumps sincerity, right? It's more important to go viral than to be sincere. Uh, you're in super high speed very fast and things trend and then disappear within a uh, a fortnight <laughs> the video games <laughs> in a day fortnight is actually like two weeks that's actually way too long yeah I, like I, you know it's funny because right? speaking of which like I, I was talking to ali about this so the wayfair yeah, conspiracy yeah. i missed it because i was out 
I don't know where I was. I may have gone out to the park and just came back home, <laughs> looked at my looked at my phone and saw that where at this point where Wayfair had already released their press release indicating that they're like trust us, we are not shipping children. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I think actually that is like the perfect lesson to take out of all of this right there. And this is actually where we're going to end. Wait, no, hold is, on. But I, I, we need to end with Twitter queen Chrissy the- uh, Teigen. What about Chrissy Teigen? Why so what she do? Beca- give her even so more I, here's what happened with Wayfair, right? When the whole Wayfair thing started going on, people started attacking Chrissy Teigen, right? Because Chrissy Teigen's in this Why? cabal. Remember, we t- had a podcast episode. Oh, yeah, because she's part of the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So Why, uh, at what, least... She got looped into the... Yeah, so she got looped into it. So Chrissy Teigen over the weekend deleted 60,000 tweets, right? <laughs> because she was... She had so, sixty thousand tweets to delete, bro. Yeah, she she tweets all the time, you know. Like, so she deleted a whole bunch oh, of God. tweets of her watching like toddlers and tiaras, you know, like stuff like that. And then, oh god, so pe- people, oh Jesus, yeah, bro. So people started bullying her, pulling up these old tweets. They pulled up an old tweet of hers. She posted a a baby picture of John Legend and said, "It said, who would have thought that in like forty years that." I would have had sex with this baby, right? Oh God, <laughs> Jesus! No, oh God, I, I would have mean, had naturally. sex with the man that this baby like turned into. Now that's a picture of her husband as a baby. It is it's she's not like it, I don't. This, yeah, she's I'm, not I'm sexualizing sorry. the child. Yeah, or maybe you know, she like, is. Sec- Who knows? She's sexualizing her husband, <laughs> right? Um, who was like just saying that? Yeah, he turned this baby turned into a man that I had sex with. Like that's she's not wrong. Right? Like it's it's actually true. But she ended up now her Twitter's private, right? So her Twitter is private because she's trying to block and report all these old QAnon people that have been following her for years and like screenshotting her tweets and doing all this to like try to like make up some conspiracy. Like people have actually been bullying her and it's like you'll see like people who normally don't like condone like QAnon stuff. Or like, yo, this chick just deleted sixty thousand tweets. Yo, she guilty, bro. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, again, that's that's the thing, right? It's the sensationalism, what it looks like, the superficial, is far more important than the logical, like what is actually happening. Oh, she's being harassed, so of course she went on lockdown, right? Yeah. Like that, like that's the conversation. But nope, right? Yeah. That's not what we, what's happening here. Instead, we've got to jump to the conclusion that so and so is is running a secret sex ring out of her, you know, house in L.A. or whatever it is. I do think, however, I think the Weiss, Weiss your experience right there is the antidote. Yeah, Go to the, park. to the park. <laughs> yeah. Stop being so online. Well, <laughs> you know, part of this is like, going, just going full, like, I'm, I am acting like a child. I mean, I think Diz probably can guess what I was doing. I'm actively mm. now trying to learn how to ride a skateboard. <laughs> I have pictures I of him that. on a skateboard. I fucking love that. That is so. I'm now like it. learning. I'm I'm legit in the park. Just tr- tr- it's like watching a child learning how to ride a bike kind of situation. Oh, and that's st- that stuff. Love. I love that stuff. And so uh, coming back like, to like, home, it's funny because passion. like at that. At that moment, I was truly feeling like I'm back in in high school, back be, or back in you know the '90s or something. And then I and then I go and look at my phone and just get the rude awakening of what world we're still no, I'm we're still a part of. Hellscape. 
no, first of all, I love it. I love when people pick up their like a passion or something that they really wanted to do for a while and they go learn. I like that. I'm a big believer in stuff like that. But two, that's like the perfect antidote, right? Like you're in quarantine, you've got all this time, or you're in lockdown or whatever, you've got all this time. Find a fucking hobby. Yeah. And let that hobby be something that's not involved with online. I think part of what one of the reasons is like we're too online and that too online experience is what's allowing and facilitating these conspiracy theories to go wild. I'm not, I'm not saying let's get rid of all conspiracy theories, right? It's okay to be critical of our institutions. It's all, it's okay to be skeptical of power. It's okay to be skeptical of all this stuff, right? hundred percent on board for that. But when we've allowed it to kind of become its own monster, when we've allowed it to take a life of its own, We've completely walked into a situation willingly in which we are now completely and totally vulnerable to misinformation and a shit ton of misinformation. And no society can survive that. No society. When a society has lost their bearings, that's, that's the key that it's going to collapse more than anything else. Hmm. You can survive a bad economy. It can recover. You can survive all sorts of catastrophes. What you can't survive is when you can no longer trust reality. So, and you can no longer trust your own mind. When there is an epist- epistemological shift, that's the real sign that, oh, fuck, this thing is going to... Because you can't shift back. Total recall, baby. Genie back. What was that? It's total, a total recall. Yeah, well, you can't put that genie back in the bottle. So... <laughs> Everyone learn from Weiss. That's the only advice. <laughs> Pick up given. an outside hub. You know what? I, you know, Ali, it also sounds like what you're also promoting is that Amazon should just suspend the selling of cork boards because <laughs> I feel like that's part of this. <laughs> All these people who are just very online creating these <laughs> these collage mosaics of yeah. of their of their theories. Just just no more cork boards for a little while. No more cork boards. No more th- uh, thumbtacks. <laughs> no more red string <laughs> no more red string all of those we gotta ban that that's what we've got to ban but yes follow the advice of wise go outside and pick out an outdoor hobby and then it will be all good but don't let I'm that hobby be all... skateboarding because i need social distancing right now and i don't want too many people out there <laughs> like a whole crew of people now out there. damn it should have never recommended this <laughs> ruin my one happy place all right we're gonna end it here this was a really really good conversation i think we dived into conspiracy theories in a you know a deeper way than we we have had in the past um and and i think this is a one of those conversations it's gonna be an ongoing conversation i think we're definitely gonna revisit this again because lord knows in a couple there'll months be, there'll be, be another conspiracy fucking conspiracy theory another there'll know. be like seven yeah, yeah it's true. oprah secretly you know, a lizard king from the you know underbelly of the earth or some shit like that. You're giving that. people that's ideas, Ali. Bro, that's it. Really you you stuff. joke and you just made some random shit up, but that's an actual conspiracy. I know, I know. I, know. <laughs> I, I don't even I don't even want to entertain it. So on that note, we're gonna have Diz take us out, and then uh, Weiss, if you have any social media, we'll give you a chance to to plug uh, your Twitter or or whatever. But Diz, why don't you take us out? Yes, you can find us at. Uh, send us your you could find us and send us your favorite conspiracy theories uh, on facebook facebook.com slash currently nerdy on twitter at currently nerdy on instagram at currently nerdy on tumblr currently nerdy.tumblr.com we're on youtube youtube.com slash currently nerdy 
We're on Stitcher, Google Play, and the iTunes podcast app. So make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. Weiss, you're awesome. You gave us a five star rating and a review. So shout out to you for doing I that. And I've already given you a sh- yeah. I've given you a shout out on air for this before, but second shout out now that you're here. And then um, Weiss, if you have anything you want to plug, sure. Check out TSN. Check out the Summerware Network. We are on. We are on iTunes, we are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all social media. Uh, my personal account is Weiss Hamid. Twitter, you could find me tweeting once every, once every seven days. Feel free. Although I like a ton of things. So I, I like to think of myself more as a curator than a, than a creator. You mean you have healthy social media habits? Oh, man. It's just, it's, it's, it's all over the place. But yeah, feel free to check, check me out there. Yeah, and and definitely to reiterate, Summer War Network, uh, they just put out this podcast. You can find it on iTunes. Check it out. Fantastic, fantastic conversation. You can find me uh, having unhealthy social media habits at A-A-O-L-O-M-I, though I'm not on Instagram very often. I don't think I have the self-confidence for Instagram. (laughs) Or on our sister podcast, Head on History. Diz, what about you? You can find me on the internet more than Ali at Dizbulla everywhere. D-I-Z-B-U-L-L-A-H. I I don't know if I tweet as much as you, but I do... uh, I am on Instagram and TikTok and stuff more than you are, so you'll see me on there. If you if you have any cool TikTok videos, send that shit to me. I uh, I need stuff to entertain me during this, you know, quarantine shit. Um, you could also catch me on our brother podcast, Currently Nerdy Sports, which is about fantasy football. It's on SoundCloud.com/slash Currently Nerdy. Season two will come up soon. As long once we find out there's a football season coming up, we will come out with yeah, we'll a see. new we'll season. See. Uh, thank you again, Weiss, for joining us. This was so fun. Hopefully you had fun as well. We'd love to have you back on at a future date. This was uh, one of my favorite podcasts, definitely, uh, by far. Mostly because it's, this is a fucking insane topic. You brought an interesting uh, uh, perspective to it. For everyone here at Currently Nerdy, thank you for tuning in. And remember, stay smart, sexy nerds. All hail the Currently Nerdy Empire. <laughs>